Yo, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is, what is it, Saturday, May 28th. It is about 8.51 a.m. Griff, how's your week been, man? Week is good. Um, Finally got paid the way that I want to get paid, uh, thanks to some sales, which I've been grinding my ass off for, as you know, like, it's actually hard to reach me during the week sometimes because I'm like, I'm in the shit. Do you know what I'm saying? When it comes to sales, sometimes like you're, I mean, like you get what you put in, you know what I'm saying? So I've been grinding, got paid pretty well. Um, and it's kind of always nice to reach a new little pay level. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get your first paycheck out of college, like first real paycheck, for sure. worth, worth shit, first couple thousand dollars for two weeks of work or whatever doesn't really matter um feels good and then to hit the paycheck that i got this time feels even better you know what i'm saying so so it was so it's been a good week i think how about you Nick? man that's uh that's awesome man i'm excited for you it's uh it's always fun to see the uh the fellas doing good stuff um yeah no it was good week man it was good week i was we were just talking before we started the stream here uh man we, we we've been on uh on a guest podcast tour, man, it's been quite the grind, uh, intellectually a couple of times there, you know, we got this guest coming on, got to get prepped. And then we got to get the episode that we filmed previously ready to upload and post. Um, but it's been a ton of fun. I think we've learned a lot, you know, it'll be fun whenever we come back together, um, after we get through the next couple of guests in the next couple of weeks to kind of really reconfigure and then and talk about the things that we've talked about with our guests over the past several weeks you know so i'm excited for that point and man things in the business are going great we've had some really good meetings um really good client meetings with people had an interview for another big project and we freaking killed it um so that was fun but uh yeah man it's been a good week and we're here at the lake here obviously do not have the regular background and all this stuff here but uh, man, we're here at the lake having a good uh, a good weekend so far. Going to be here through Monday, so it's going to be a ton of fun. That uh, where are you guys at? Is it like Lake what? What is it called? Uh, it's Grand Grand Lake here in Oklahoma. So it's a uh, one of the one of the bigger, nicer lakes and stuff. Um, and then thankfully, thankfully, Janae's got some family. We've got uh, the lake house here right on the lake. I mean, I'll have to sh- uh, shoot you some videos and stuff, some pictures. It's pretty slick out here, man. It's a lot of fun. It's nice to kind of get a, you know, we're about, we're about an hour and a half from Tulsa here. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice little spot to be able to kind of get away and come out to the lake and chill out for a little while. Yeah. Uh, Ohio is like where I grew up. It's like if you live on a lake, your life just improves. I don't know, like 50 <laughs> points um i am the producer today everybody so bear with us here a little bit but we're going to get into the market check situation um just sharing the screen now it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to be me running it you know what i'm saying so to kick us off here i wanted to look up hash rate and nick i don't know what you think about this yeah Um, yeah this is interesting stuff here yeah this is good here i like where you're going but you know we always do the market check and the u.s dollar price is very volatile but uh nick and i got into a little bit of a twitter dispute with actually one of my old high school friends who's a finance guy (laughs) um so to speak uh he's young he's 
uh, former college football player. He thinks he knows a lot. And he's talking about the intrinsic value of Bitcoin and how it's not really worth anything. It's only worth a supply and demand market. And this graph, Nick, I'm pretty sure just dis- destroys that entire argument because this right here is the investment, is it not? Yeah, so it's interesting, right? You've got Bitcoin with a capital B and then you've got Bitcoin with a lowercase b and they are different. So Bitcoin with the lowercase b is the actual coin. Like whenever you go on to some exchange or, or wherever you buy Bitcoin, hopefully you're buying Bitcoin through Strike or something like that on the Lightning Network or I, I, I don't know. I mean, exchanges is, is a whole nother conversation, but wherever you're buying your Bitcoin, whenever you buy Bitcoin, you're buying Bitcoin with a ca- with a lowercase b. That's the coin itself. But it, but in, in that piece is money, right? That's the money piece. Um, it's not it's not an investment. Now the investment side of Bitcoin is Bitcoin with a capital B, which is Bitcoin the network. And this right here, this total hash rate, um, is showing basically a, a rough idea of the amount of 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 energy that's going into the network. And as you can see, that huge spike there. Um, is 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 growth of energy in the network, which means the network is growing, right? Um, right. So that's the investment. Rate. The network is the investment. The network is the security. The network is the investment. The network is really all we're talking about here. And if for those that don't know, like right here is whoop, that is pre-China ban and that is post-China ban. Yeah. And look how we have recovered so yep. greatly since and you can also kind of tell that it's not as price sensitive to the us dollar price now i'm sure miners care but that is not all the reason that they're doing this they very they are very uh clearly strongly convinced or convicted in their bitcoin beliefs so this hash rate will just continue to go up um pretty much forever uh which all that means all the newbies need to know is your bitcoin is awfully secure and if we want to head on over here to the market check it looked like the market's actually closed out pretty well this week <clears throat> is that right i mean uh, I, I think yeah i think the i think the equities markets closed out a little better I, I i can't quite remember exactly what it is um are you sharing that screen i think i think sometimes you got to click share this screen if you're on a different window we're still right, looking at hash rate change the whole thing yeah. Yeah. One second. Um, Let me get this. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, kind of hitting back on the uh, the capital B Bitcoin and the lowercase B Bitcoin. Um, mm. You know, the it, it's funny. Like the lowercase B Bitcoin, the coin itself. That's the money, right? That's like mm. that's the that's the commodity. Um, that's the decentralized money that we talk about all the time, right? Um, mm. And that's not the investment, right? You don't you don't invest in dollar. You don't invest in dollars, right? Um, let's assume let's assume that there wasn't any inflation and that the the supply was static of dollars. Well, you don't invest in dollars. Dollars is just a way to maintain your store of value, which now we know is not not the truth, uh, especially since 1971. Um, but uh, the investment side of it is the network and the network growth, right? I mean, we talk about Strike developing um, the, their Lightning Network platform um, and all the all the um, the connections that they're making with NCR, Blackhawk, and uh, and Shopify to allow you to pay for Bitcoin, pay with Bitcoin um, for all these different retail shops and all this kind of stuff. So, pretty interesting. What what are the markets looking like here, 
Griff? The S and P and the Dow Jones and the Nasdaq. Um, well, as far as I'm concerned, they've been down pretty much all year. Obviously, they're uh, over twenty percent off Alta, or what is it? Is it all time highs? Which means we are yeah. in somewhat of a recession and or bear market. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really pay attention to these markets a lot because I don't have any money invested in them. Yeah. Uh, I am literally only invested in uh, Bitcoin, which you can think I'm crazy or whatever. Uh, I don't really view this as a good time to invest. I think money is so fake uh, wherever it could go all time highs, right? Like it can go up. Uh, but I also think it has such a long way to go down if we're talking about everything being divided by 21 million. Uh, and you believe that this really is a tough time to invest in some really overinflated markets. Um, but here's the Dow Jones. Uh, let's look at the year to date. So it's down 9% year to date. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it had a pretty strong week. You can see here at like 2%, which I don't really know why these markets are going up and down. Um, they very clearly want to go down, but uh you know who knows i mean as long well, as didn't they didn't they just come up with uh i didn't i didn't realize i guess they do i don't know if they're publicly released i didn't really look for it at all this week whenever i saw it on twitter but like a, a mid-month um inflation check or something like that um i know that, uh, that biden had posted something about it on twitter yeah. um so i don't know I, I guess they i guess they said that it was lower um, then the 8.3 number, I guess I'm not hundred percent sure, but, um, I think that impacted, uh, the markets a little bit. And then they also did talk about rate, uh, rate hikes again. Um, they, they, they I think they talked about, they were anticipating more, uh, of a hike than previously. So I don't know. I mean, all that stuff is affecting the markets, right. But it's, it's so tough too, because with the markets, it, we want to look at it and say that, um, and say that this happened. And so that's why this happened. You know, it, we want to make it so like X and X and O's. Right. But it's just not, it's all, it's all emotional. All those markets are all emotional. I mean, people fear sell and they fear buy. Um, and it, it's all based in emotion. Right. So it's kind of difficult to track some of those things. Well, and that's why even Warren Buffett, I was watching an interview with him the other day. He's like, you buy when everybody's fearful and you're fearful when everybody's greedy and everybody's fearful right now um and bye, i would bye, love bye, to, bye. right and i'd love to buy a bunch of stuff maybe even diversify a little bit because i do believe in it like you know your traditional investing i do believe uh there is markets in a bitcoin standard right there is investing there is credit the, we're still gonna we're still gonna invest in companies absolutely yeah right so i mean there's things that are gonna make it right and i just I don't know, man. It's really hard to want to put your money into a market that when you've been studying Bitcoin for so long and you know how many dollars are just straight up printed. Yeah. It's hard. It's just so hard to be like, okay, so what's real? I mean, the average home price is what? Almost 600000 in America. The average uh, gallon of gas costs six oh five here in Sacramento. So We just hit $4 this week here in Oklahoma. Yeah, but we do have another guest today. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce our guest because you also got our guest. Um, well, before we get to that, the more important stuff here, and I don't mean to shoot him off here, but he would agree. Why do we get into the market check every single week, Griff? 
Oh, here we go. Hold on. This is the part where I have to uh, be able to actually do what I do. Ah. One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, right? Uh, You know, it's interesting talking about... uh, talking about bitcoin with a lowercase b right the the commodity the money it is absolutely scarce economically speaking and uh you know it's it's so strange to think about economics because economics feels like this like abstract concept but economics is really just how we as individuals operate and communicate in the market with each other right to to send uh signals of what reality is right what is the demand of this item? That should have impact the price of it, the cost of it. Um, if it's high, if it's low, that's going to impact all of those things. Um, and so it's it's funny, you know, you think about the economics of this stuff. One Bitcoin being one Bitcoin and it being a fixed supply has got incredible power. And uh, man, I'm excited to be buying more of it. And I'm excited to be talking about it and teaching the world about it and learning about it alongside new guests. And I'm excited to have on another guest this week, um, a guy that uh, I got connected on Twitter with. Um, We kind of talked back and forth a few times on Twitter um, and had some good conversation. Um, You know, this this podcast started out as like, you've got all the big talking heads in the space, right? And uh, I know for myself, looking to those people, I I loved watching their content. I still do watch a lot of that content um, and listen to it. Uh, but sometimes those guys feel like they're so far away from the normal guy that it's just, it, you almost feel disconnected in a sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so this guy specifically is, is really fun to have on because he's just another plebe like the two of us, you know, he's just another guy he's working, uh, he's working in sales as well, Griff. So, so we've all kind of got that little bit of that in our background. Uh, so that would be kind of fun to talk about, but Hey, without further ado here, let's bring this guy on the show, Connor. We are uh, excited to have you on, man. I think uh, Griff's going to be popping you over. There you go. What's up, man? Welcome on to the Nick and Griff Show, brother. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about Bitcoin. Uh, like you said, believe like your guy's self. And uh, there's just something so exciting, so hopeful about meeting other Bitcoiners. And <laughs> we all might spend a little too much time on Twitter, man. But it, it is uh, <laughs> such an exciting thing to have. And you're right. One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. And when you change your unit of account, it's amazing how much better your life becomes. Mm. You want to plug, is this where they can find you mostly? This is your Twitter page and your podcast slash I've seen your YouTube as well. Uh, yep. Can all be found here? Uh, Connor Chebnick, yeah, for the most part, LinkedIn, Twitter. Twitter's where I spend the bulk of my time. Um, that's probably the best spot if uh, you guys want to find me. Very Dude, cool. you post some good stuff, man. It's good content too. It's, it's uh, you know, because... So like you get in Bitcoin Twitter and and the big talking heads, they they have like these certain styles of content that they post. But, dude, I've had such we've had such fun conversations with people on Twitter when it's just like just normal people, you know, and like getting in getting in Twitter spaces and just having conversations with people has been fun. So I'm excited that you're just like a normal dude, you know, and it's like we're just hanging out talking. It's not like we've got some agenda. You know, we're just here hanging out, talking and having a good time. No, you're spot on, man. I mean, don't run the censorship is a little uh, much on Twitter, but the Bitcoin plebs, it's like, I, I love the big guys too, but you're right. It, it's just like a different beast. And, you know, they're, they have a whole different set of concerns rather than the average citizen. And to actually see the fellow Bitcoin plebs on Twitter, 
see the way they think about it. Um, it's amazing. I swear. It's like the more you go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, the more you think to yourself, holy shit, Bitcoin solves this. And it, it seems like the normies. And when I say normies, I just mean people who aren't <laughs> in the Bitcoin uh, Twitter sphere, who, who don't follow the plebs, who don't see it. They're starting to wake up to some of the problems. And it seems like the more you learn about Bitcoin, I mean, maybe we're just psychopaths, like the New York Times says, but the more you learn, the more you think Bitcoin can solve so many of these issues. And uh, it's just, it's like such a hopeful feeling. It's such an exciting feeling. It's such a, it, we're going to look back and be so amazed that we got to stack cheap sats that, you know, we can tell our kids and our children's kids down the line 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, we, we were uh, paying to be a satillionaire, you know, to have a million sats, you could have paid under 300 US dollars back in the day. I think that's going to be, Bitcoin does what we think it's going to do. It's going to be a wild thing to tell our, our kids and our grandkids. Now, how, how old are you, Connor? I'm 24. I'll be 25 this summer. Okay. You hey, this is, this is also a college football guy here. Okay. So what's your background a little bit? You played football, got into Bitcoin, how long ago? Um, and what do you do for a living now? Absolutely. So uh, from Jacksonville, Florida, played football down there, played sports my whole life. Um, ended up playing some D3 ball at Tufts University. It's kind of the, the best academic school I could get into that would let me continue playing football. Um, got in 2017. It was actually a buddy of mine on the football team who introduced me in 2017. Like most people who come to the space, it was the incentive of, holy shit, I can make money on this. Got in, you know, started shit coining, didn't, didn't really understand it. Um, watched a documentary uh, called banking on Bitcoin, which like, it just like it talked about how Bitcoin is just a ledger and that's all money is. It's a technology to allow us to exchange with other people. Um, and the idea resonated with me. But like I said, it was kind of the, uh, the fiat gains that initially attracted me. Sure enough, saw, you know, my wealth appreciate very rapidly and then poof vanish um, in, in the shit coins. You know, you're riding that high and your parents are like, oh, get out now, like take your gains. And you're like, you can't tell me not, you know, you're all excited. And uh, sure enough, um, was in and out, you know, was always passionate about it. And then just seeing after uh, when COVID hit and the government printed trillions and kind of really was like, all right, maybe I need to learn about this. Started reading books, um, you know, the Bitcoin standard by Saifedean was, was really an incredible piece. <laughs> and then it just seemed like the more I learned, even books that weren't Bitcoin related and media, like, you know, I read Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, watched The Matrix, and uh, I know those books had nothing to do with Bitcoin, but it seemed like the more I learned, the, the more you, you you become convinced that those people who, who created those fictions are <coughs> in a sense like they have the same idea. Um, like I was saying about normies waking up now, it's like people are starting to see the problem. And one thing that's always made me so bullish is how when most people go down Bitcoin, it attracts the best and the worst people, but the best people that go down it just start spreading the good word and talking about hard money and how uh, you can just make a much more certain future if you give humans a set of rules, let them optimize, and you don't have rulers at the top trying to impose their top-down controls that inevitably lead to just second and third order consequences that uh, are typically harmful for everyone. Absolutely. I mean, I only 100% agree. You know, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, I have a question about whatever second and third order consequences are after this statement. But uh, it's a paradigm shift. When you're really, when you get into Bitcoin, you literally are living in a different universe than other people. If you want to talk about a multiverse, I believe it's real just because 
I have so many people that after we started this podcast that think I'm like more or less like a little crazy. And <laughs> it's like, it's not really that I'm crazy. It's just that I have now read hours, listened to hours. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many hours constitutes is enough to be an expert. I don't believe I'm an expert, but I do believe I know enough about money now and the history of money to go, okay, money is, is its own thing, right? Like money is like time. Money is like energy. Money is like, it is a really, really important tool for people because without uh, strong economies, without uh, a good money, the world literally goes nowhere. Like the world just is like, we're, we're hunter gatherers pretty much without a good money. And I think people outside the space that are way outside the space uh, compared to where we're kind of sitting at, it's like, dude, money is like, money's real. Like, and you guys are using the shittiest form of money the world has ever seen. And you want to know who that's bad for us. It's not bad for the people who've already got all the money. This is actually great for them. This is the greatest time for them to ever be alive. They have more control now than they've ever had. Uh, I don't I, like I was listening to this uh, kind of tinfoil hat podcast. I don't know if you guys have ever checked that out or not. Is that, is that the name of it? It makes me want to yeah, check it it's out. Called the tinfoil tinfoil hat podcast. It's really, really good. This guy was like talking about synchronism, but he was also just talking about um, like the families that run the world and everybody's like, oh, it's the Rothschilds, it's the Rockefellers. He's like, yeah, it is. But they even come from older families, older Italian families, older Persian families. And it's like money has been locked for so long. The world we live in today, this is the easiest these families have ever had it. I mean, like they don't even more or less care, print it. I mean, it, it's great for them. Um, but anyway, Bitcoin is a paradigm shift. I don't know how you guys feel about that because people look at me crazy, but it's only because I literally just look at money a little different. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I like, I use the, the paper dollars. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's what we got to use. But I'm like, you guys do realize these things suck. Like they are worthless. They're as worthless as we had always thought. There is, they're worth as much as monopoly money, except they're, they're backed by the full faith and trust of the U S government, which I don't know if, uh, everybody, really wants that per se um but just from my perspective second and third world consequences is that what you had said uh, was second and third world consequences but yeah i just feel like a crazy person sometimes because it's cool to always like you're saying it's cool to always talk to somebody who is in it as well because it's like we're not crazy we just want we really are pretty altruistic it's an altruistic group that i found bitcoin to be especially maximalist people that realize they can't go buy like 10 bitcoin right now because they might not have the capital to go do it but they're literally stacking like satoshis because they're just like dude there's this new world coming and i want as many as i can because in that world when i spend it when i invest it it really might never come back because money doesn't really work that way. But uh, Nick, did we lose you there for a second and we got you back now? Yeah, no, I, my, my phone, I, I had my phone up here and it said, uh, it said it, that it got too hot. So I'm Ooh. on the iPad here. We'll, we'll be all right though. Oh, Real quick, I, I gotta not, say, if you're a pleb and uh, your family and friends don't think you're a psychopath, then you're not a true pleb. I, I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's just the truth. Oh, my family you. said the same thing. Like, you relate every conversation back to Bitcoin, and it's because it's, it is a paradigm shift. It is a, uh, it, it's like, 
you learn about Bitcoin and you feel like you're unwinding a psychological operation that's been ran on you since you were a child, since you mm. were in class, since they were telling you stuff. Mm. And, uh, it, you know, it's like this Keynesian economist theory oh, that God. you can just print money. And, you know, you think about the, I think it's called like the Rystones or whatever. And the people who came to that little town realized, holy shit, we can counterfeit this money, bring it over. Sure enough, the money becomes worthless. Um, yeah. But it's like whoever rules, whoever has control of the money, it, that is who controls the world because it's a t- it's a tool that literally mm-hmm. allows you to buy human goods and services and stuff that allows you to thrive. And if you control that, uh, you can just manipulate it and you just see the more you learn about Bitcoin. We've been living in this reality, not even realizing that the people at the top are just enriching themselves. And when I say second and third order consequences, I mean, all these like parasitic companies that thrive because they align themselves close to powerful actors rather than try and provide actual value to the world. And uh, we need more people focused on providing actual value than doing back, you know, nothing wrong with like people talking, handshaking, come, but these backdoor handshakes where, you know, where they're selling uh, all, all sorts of stuff that otherwise would not have anywhere near the value it does um, if, if they didn't weren't, you know, corrupt. Yeah. It's you, a really you know, interesting world we live in today. That's for you, sure. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, once you dive down the rabbit hole, right, you, you've kind of read some other things, listened and watched other things that aren't exactly Bitcoin centric. But man, it's it's so true that once you dive in and you realize how much this impacts the world, everything, everything comes back to money. Everything comes back to money being corrupt and unsound um, and that bleeding into uh, all of these different areas of our life, you know, um, and, and it's funny too, like uh, to think about the normies, right? Uh, another term that we would all be familiar with are uh, is is NARPs, right? <laughs> as a as a college athlete, that's a pretty standard term, you know, talk about NARPs in class or whatever, you know. Um, but but it's it is it's funny to think about the normies, right? That are starting to come around to seeing some of these issues with inflation now. Uh, we were kind of talking about it on the radio show last week, Griff, um, this idea of uh, hiding what the government has been doing since 1971. And they've done a really good job of hiding it. Right. And, and because it happened so gradually over time, we talk about inflation being, you know, the 100 year average of 3 um, percent. That that is just one little step at a time that you don't quite perceive. And uh, you really can only perceive it in times like now when it's higher inflation. Right. Um, but it's, it's wild. I mean, I was talking with somebody, uh, I think it was maybe Thursday and I was talking about time preference and I was saying, you know, if, if, if fiat is being bled out of its, uh, of its buying power, of its purchasing power over time, that will at some level heighten our time preference and incentivize us to do something with that money now versus keeping it in cash. And they completely were like, just couldn't understand it. Didn't, didn't agree with it didn't think that that was true. And it's like, that's where we're at. You know, that's where we're at with so many of these things. Um, not just on the time preference side, but everything that's happening, um, that, that ultimately leads back to the unsound fiat money that we operate on today. That's a really good point. I'm going to share Biden's tweet from yesterday, just because I would love to get your guys' take on, um, well, I'd love to get your guys' take on inflation and the, the silent tax that it is all the things that, I mean, dude, when you create fake money, you 
pollute society with that state money. And I mean, like, I don't know how many things have been happening since 1971 that are just unexplainable or crazy. And that I'm always just like, yeah, because money is fake, guys. Like, that's, that's literally why things are getting crazy. People don't believe me. But people also believe this guy. Like, I mean, they really do. They believe what he says. So he was the morning's this morning's decline in inflation is a sign of progress. The report showed annual inflation declining and average monthly core inflation at around 4% at an annual rate down from 6%. But there's more work to do. Tackling inflation is my talk. Okay. So there are some tweets from our president. You know how everybody like hated how Trump tweeted? And don't get me wrong. Like, I didn't enjoy Trump's tweets as much as the next guy. I'm like, I don't know what this guy's doing. Found him funny to a degree. But Biden, like, the things that he will tweet, like, even back to, like, what was it, 4th of July last year? He's like, 4th of July is going to be 12 cents cheaper than it was the year before. It's like they're throwing it right in your face. And I don't really know what he's talking about. The report showed annual inflation is declining and average monthly core inflation. Okay, so then what's CPI and PPI and also what is real world inflation, which is what that relative inflation? What is the relative inflation of Connor's life? And I don't know for you, Connor, like what uh, is the most expensive or what is the most inflated thing that you have to deal with today? But for me out here in California, it's just been gas. I mean, it is it is literally uh, been almost incalculable how much this this these gas prices are going up. I mean, I pay over six dollars a gallon in Sacramento and it is not going down. Like every day I wake up, I go out there like every third day it goes up. I don't know what for you. Uh, well, Biden's telling you that your prices are getting better. But uh, I don't know if that's the case for you in Florida. I don't know if it's the case for anybody, really. But he's telling you it's getting better. Is it getting better? Hell no. I actually live up in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts now. But only under a fiat standard could a, po- a politician, um, and doesn't matter, like only under a fiat standard could a politician talk about inflation coming down with, you know, and no one realizes that inflation compounds. So even though it's coming down, it doesn't erase the 8.5% that was last year, and now it's 83 because it came down. It just keeps gradually adding. And language is a very powerful tool. And uh, I'm stealing this from Twitter. I'm sorry, I don't remember who I saw it from. Someone said, rather than calling inflation currency devaluation, which is exactly what it is, $1 is not equal $1. $1 compounds and gets you know to be less and less over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've called it inflation, so people don't think about it like that. But it's heinous. I mean, gas is up 2x. I mean, it's it's by far the most biggest expense here up here in Mass. It's like five bucks a gallon nearing it. Um, and, you know, I, I understand COVID hit, but, you know, I think Biden had a tweet a while ago where he was talking about under my presidency, you've had a record number of jobs come back. And, you know, the con- it's like it's just all those jobs that got laid off from COVID came back. So to like try and steal that and cherry pick and manipulate the data, um, it's bullshit. I mean, it's all just a big psyop. I don't know. It's a psychological operation being run by the government and uh, people, you know, you start talking like this and and normies, if you will, are like, "Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But, you know, I was talking with a girl at my work the other day and she she was saying like, she was talking about a lot of these problems and she's like, I haven't really heard anything about Bitcoin because all you see in the mainstream media is FUD about it. Of course, they don't talk positively about it. Um, But you start talking to people and it's like, 
people are waking up. It's like, this is like, why can my parents afford a house? And now why is their house like three, four X the value? And uh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm working hard. I'm trying to, you know, get by, be a good law abiding, upstanding citizen. And, and I can barely afford my apartment after taxes, food for myself, et cetera. And it's just such a, uh, I mean, there's plenty of examples, but especially like the idea we call it inflation rather than currency devaluation, the idea the government doesn't have to face an opportunity cost to literally create more money out of thin air, give it to whoever they want to enrich themselves and the people they're doing these handshakes with. And the idea that we have to work our whole life to keep said system propped up because, you know, we need to take out if you want to get a car or a nice house, you know, very few people can just pay cash for that asset. We have to take on new debt. So, of course, our fractional reserve banking system say, you know, Griff, you, you posit a thousand bucks. Here, Connor, let me go lend $900 to Connor. I'm going to give Griff a 0.1%, not even, in his savings account. And I'm going to charge Connor, depending on whatever my credit is, anywhere from, you know, 2 to 10% interest on it. And it just, it's a system that incentivizes everyone to get into debt. And um, it, it, it's not that being in debt's good, but in this system, you know, it's right. like you're incentivized to be in debt because, you know, money's so cheap. And, to pay back that money over time, it's just worth less in the future, you know? So, you know, it gets easier and easier to pay back that debt. And it's, uh, it just leads to all the, like I said, second and third order consequences that it's, it's hard to tie directly back into, but the more you learn about Bitcoin, the more you become convinced that a lot of the problems, a lot of the ills, a lot of the things we see in society are because the future keeps becoming more and more uncertain. And now we finally have this thing that's Bitcoin. That's just, I mean, it's true. It, you know, Bitcoin says fuck you to anyone who tries to take words and manipulate them and twist them around and uh, run psyops on the normies. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know what else to call it. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've got uh, a lot of friends that are that are just now graduating college and uh, are are getting their first jobs and getting started in their careers and stuff, and uh, super excited to see them. You know, getting started in that part of life. Um, but some of them have not, have not looked into, they're not just finance minded people, um, and, and are kind of operating on the same ways of living that, that maybe their parents or their other friends are. And, um, you know, so I've got a couple of friends that are like, yeah, I've got, you know, like $20,000 in student loans. Um, thankfully they're not quite the people that have like the million dollars or whatever, you know, they're not like massive numbers, but they're like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm getting my job and. Um, you know, some of them have girlfriends, some of them are single guys, uh, but they're like, we're going to, I'm going to pay off my student loan so I can just get that taken care of. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, let me introduce maybe what might be a, a, a foreign concept, but as dollars uh, inflate or devalue over time and purchasing power, and you've got a fixed liability that will be less and less an absolute buying power, uh, later on or, or in, in dollar terms into the future. So, you know, let's call it, you know, you got 200 bucks a month that you pay for your student loans. Well, that $200 next year or five years down the line is not going to be the same $200 that it is today. It's going to be less, right? Which is, which is the opportunity cost of paying it off today. It's like, why would I pay it off today? If I can buy the number one performing asset investment in the Bitcoin network over the past 10 years, and I can hold Bitcoin with a lowercase b, the hard commodity money that does not devalue over time. That's the opportunity cost whenever you pay your debts off early. Now, 
talk about credit cards. Get your credit cards paid off. You don't want that. I'm talking about low interest debt, right? I got my Especially car. Especially debt that buy those cars. You know, it's like we're paying zero percent. It's a. Uh, I mean, absolutely. And it's so sad that people are disincentivized if you take the time to learn to actually pay off that debt, like saving, paying down debt. These are all good things. Things the government should technically be encouraging. Things that people should be rewarded for doing. And under our current system, it's like, like you said, you're screwed. Money has become so easy that, it, you know, from our perspective, it, it only makes sense to invest it in a hard asset, something that can't be debased since uh, money is just devaluing over time. I think a really important aspect of Bitcoin as well is that it doesn't care, which is good to state. But a really important part about it, because I heard we were kind of talking about how people are waking up a little bit, normies are waking up. It's that Bitcoin is its own, the internet as well. You compare the both, you compare the two, the internet and Bitcoin, right? Uh, it's its own entity. It's its own country, really, when you think about it. Um, they do their best to censor, to, you know, put algorithms in place. Uh, the current World Wide Web that we have where Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, these social media companies that quite literally mediate the content that you can see. Um, that's like the Internet people are seeing today. But Bitcoin and the Internet and what it's truly meant to be is a country that they can't control. And it's a circular economy that is well outside any government's jurisdiction. It's actually a worldwide uh, global payment standard, right? Like Bitcoin changes that. It makes it easy for everybody to be involved because it's an open source permissionless network. So I think normies are waking up to the, not all the jargon that I just said, because we think it's super cool and we have all these terms for it, but they're waking up to the fact that like, I can take Bitcoin and use it. I can use it to send to people. I can use it to pay for things. You can buy gift cards. And why is that good? For some people, I think they're just like it's an alternative, so to speak, and people like alternatives. They don't really want to be in the system that it is now. I think people are a little bit tired, but I don't know what you guys would think. Like, I don't know what's going to get everybody to come on over uh, to Bitcoin because the world is so politically charged. And I don't really know where I'd say the Bitcoin space fits because I've seen both. Like, I've seen liberals as well as conservatives. I've talked to people in the Bitcoin space that I do not agree with at all about anything, but they still like Bitcoin, right? And like that is a unifying factor. I don't really know what's like going to make everybody jump on over. Is it going to be the like third Trump election cycle? Uh, is it, it going to be some big news leak about uh, Glenn Maxwell and whoever the hell was on Epstein's planes? Like what is it going to be that everybody's <laughs> like, okay, society's broken? You know what I'm saying? For me, though, speaking... And I, I don't know if you guys have checked this out. For me, this is like this website is changed a lot for me. Um, just like what the fuck happened in 1971? Because Nick was just talking about, you know, you don't want to pay off those student loans too early. Right. But there is this there is this kind of shitty part about the fiat standard since 1971. And it's that we don't get paid enough. Like literally nobody gets paid enough. We all they literally have us fighting over what minimum wage should be. Well, that's a stupid argument for people because you shouldn't know we shouldn't even care. Like it shouldn't even matter. You should be able to live on $15 an hour, like well, actually, but money has no value anymore. So I don't really know. Like what, what do you guys think is gonna be like the big thing that makes people jump on over uh to the Bitcoin world? For me, 
I show people this website like all the time. I'm like, how much how much simpler can it be for you guys? Yeah, it is not crazy. it is crazy. not anything else other than that. They've manipulated the money supply. They control the world. Your money's not worth as much. And your employer, because of how business works, can't always just give you 10% raises. Like it's it, they can't do that because then they wouldn't make any money. So I don't know what's gonna make everybody come over, but combination of a lot of stuff, I feel like. And then just the incentive that people want to protect their purchasing power. And uh, just like you said, I mean, that website's a great example. And, and the more you learn, the more you see that there is a set of people who don't have to subscribe to the same rules that we do. And that's why Bitcoin's so beautiful, because there are just the rules of the network. If you want to participate and be able to send Bitcoin with a lowercase b to other people, you have to subscribe to the rules. And profit shouldn't be this dirty word. And it becomes this dirty word in in our today's society, we demonize the people who are successful and say they're doing this and that and the social media and the algorithms feeding us stuff. It's so easy to just spread FUD and half truths and all this bad stuff. But we should be celebrating the people who are successful, who provide value to others in this world. And it's the fiat system. Like It, it just seems like such a broken system that when you have people who don't have to subscribe to the same rules, who don't face an opportunity cost to receive easy money uh it just leads to all of these malinvestment and parasitic actors and people not providing value and i think what's going to attract people to bitcoin even the worst folks like you said you don't agree with everyone you talk to but we're all self-interested actors we all seek to make a profit we all want to have enough to provide for our families and our loved ones and you know it's not that everyone you know everyone gets bitcoin at the price they deserve um but what's so hopeful about the space for me, at least personally, is when you meet another person who sees Bitcoin the way you do, you do, it's just like almost like an ego death. You're like, holy shit, no one can counterfeit this money. No one can make up shit so they can enrich themselves. No one can impose a top down control in the Bitcoin network mm. and anyone can verify themselves. Anyone can run a node. Anyone can transact without a third party. And obviously it takes a lot of listening. It takes a lot of going down the rabbit hole, which I don't think, well, I don't think till the day we'll die, we're ever really conquer because it's such a big rabbit hole, but humans are, are, can do incredible things, especially if you give them a set of rules and say, play in here. I mean, look at America, look at the United States. It has been a great wealth generating opportunity and people come here to build wealth for their families. And we shouldn't be demonizing that. And it gets demonized. We have these politicians like yelling and screaming, like these evil people. And it's like, these people provided value. What the hell have you done besides just decimate my purchasing power? You know, I have a bunch of student loans, but the idea that someone else has to pay for my debt because I took out a loan, like, sure, it might have been parasitic and, you know, the way they give money and like, we, there, it's a whole other conversation. Should an 18 year old be able to take out that much debt? But still, I did it. You know, that's that was my uh, choice. And the idea that someone else should have to pay for my choice could only happen under a fiat standard. That shit would never happen under a Bitcoin standard because there's no one at the top who could, there's no Biden or Trump or like, there's no president to say. Um, it's an know. interesting thing though, right? Like when you can propose, like in the world we live in today, people think that it's okay to even propose the idea that there is going to be some uh, new legislation where our government is going to get more money from people because they don't get enough, but they're going to get more money to get to redistribute it to people who more or less like 
most of student debt, like I'm telling you more than, I think it's four out of five uh, people who pay student debt off for a long period of time. And I don't know, Connor, if this is your category, but our, it's graduate debt. The $10,000 they proposed, and, and it's interesting, right? Because if, if we're going to sit in the fiat game, uh, sure, pay, I mean, like pay them off. But like, I'm telling you, like nobody knows what that's going to do. It's literally like you're causing big bangs. Like they cause big bangs everywhere. Oh, COVID's around. We got to shut down the economy. Let's just print a bunch of money. It's like, like, you know, we don't really know, I guess, the world we're going to be living in in two years. We're finding out why printing money is bad, but we don't know. Um, I think maybe that's why they make a lot of the decisions that they do. But you're absolutely right. Like, nobody should. I mean, like in a Bitcoin standard, you'd be very hard pressed to get anybody's money, whatever, even if it was some stable coin back to Bitcoin kind of world, it would still be really hard to try to get other people's money because everybody's just going to be that much more protective. I guess that's kind of a good question. What do you guys think about billionaires? Do you think billionaires are natural? Do you think that they're good? Uh, do you think that, well, obviously this is, this is the silly question they always ask. We should just tax them, right? Fix all the world's problems. Just tax billionaires. <laughs> like everything's all good. Like there's two arguments there, right? Because for Bitcoiners, yeah, there is, there is a wealth, uh, gap, so to speak, it's not equitable. I mean, there are people at the top that got to the top because they basically figured out all the stuff we're talking about a lot earlier. And we're sitting here as younger people. It's like, we could, I could right now, we could go, okay, let's put it all out, try and get a couple homes. You know what I'm saying? 90% of millionaires uh, in the last 100 years are from real estate. So we could go play the game, right? Just like they do. We understand money well enough to the point where we're like, okay, we could play the game. But we're kind of sitting in a time where that game might be ending. Uh, I just don't really know. I never know what to say when I speak about billionaires because, no, I'm not a hater, first and foremost. Good for you. If you can accumulate all the Bitcoin in the world, all the money, good for you. Uh, I don't think taxing them more is an answer to any of our problems. Uh, but I do also think that a lot of it is pretty unnatural to money to have people so at the top. I think money... Uh, is definitely meant to be more well distributed uh, across the world. And I think Bitcoin really helps with that. I think that's kind of one of the biggest things that it does is that, boom, that wealth gap, the inequality everybody talks about. It's kind of like going to be really hard for that to even be a thing in a Bitcoin center. There's only 21 million. I mean, it's like there's only 21 million. So at the very least, poor people, your money is going to get better over time. But what do you guys think about billionaires? kind of the conversations that surround them um, today. I mean, there's so many conversations about it. There, there's literally conversations. There's good billionaires and bad billionaires. And I'm literally, every time I hear it, I'm like, fuck off. I'm like, no, there's not. I'm like, there's people with billions of dollars and there's people with billions of dollars. All of them are doing things that you don't even know, uh, didn't even think were possible. I mean, money does not matter to them. So I don't know what you guys think. But it is a hot button topic. I mean, there's a, I don't know how it plays into a Bitcoin standard. Everything plays into a Bitcoin standard, right? But <laughs> no, I mean, it's there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely like the the people that have created companies that have done that have done things by the book, right, or by the books, and have and have earned the the money that they've made. Um, and and there's I'm sure there's plenty of people on the opposite side that have maybe earned their gains, earned their gains a, a little dishonestly, right? Uh, but but I think in the fiat system, 
it's so much easier for you to create that, right? Because we, the, the incentives that we talked about earlier, I mean, if you can go out and leverage your money at whatever multiple and then and then go capture your gains in a business that you're comfortable running, real estate's a great example. You understand the fundamentals of that business and now you, you can go out and leverage your returns. Why would anyone not do that, right? Yeah, it's arbit like is arbitrage good for the world? Well, I, That's I a think very tough question, but I think it's I so know. hard to say what you know who's a good villain or who's a bad one, especially just because so much of the shit in the mainstream media is hard to tell who you know. It's like Elon seems like a good guy as far as I can tell on Twitter, but I, I don't know the guy personally. I'll, I'll probably never know the guy. So, and then all the other ones seem evil just based on stuff. But it's I can't tell based on what I see in the mainstream media what's trustworthy and what's not. But I think the idea that like, let's do Bezos, for example, the idea he's having to pay so much money to lobbyists so they can go to D.C. and try and enact policies that will allow him to enrich himself. And like I said, profit shouldn't be demonized. Being successful shouldn't be demonized. But he needs to be, I'd like to see a standard where he is more focused on providing value to people, which is clearly done. Think about it. Amazon's made almost everyone's life a, a ton easier. But rather than having to spend money on PR bullshit, lobbying in D.C., all these things that only serve to uh, enrich him and Amazon and politicians who pass legislation that they want and lobbyists, I guess. If we had people focused on providing actual value, whether that's art, food, uh, whatever they want to pursue. But I just think under this fiat standard, we incentivize the wrong thing. We're all self-interested actors. And it seems like capitalism works when you actually let capitalism do its thing. But when you print money, you know, I saw you guys had Brian Harrington on and he was talking about the cantillionaire effect and the idea that those closest to the money printer benefit from it first. It's true. And then if you're that close to it, if you can leverage yourself like that, you don't have to worry as much about providing value because you have someone imposing a top down control showing um, and poor Elon, like the one reason I do kind of think Elon is maybe a good dude, like I said, I don't know what to trust whether it was not. But is the idea that like the administration has done nothing but attack Tesla. Tesla's done more to get in their electric car standard, and that's a whole other conversation about electric. Um, well, that just that's like think ESG fund is fake, right? Because ESG, ESG is that. the biggest. Yeah, scam. Like, I mean, ESG is, might as well be CCP. I mean, it's like <laughs> like it's so True. like if you look into ESG, it is just the biggest scam there is, and sure enough. Um, like I said, the reason I think Elon might be kind of the one base billionaire I've seen is just because he he doesn't seem to get any help from the government. He seems focused on providing value in the form of SpaceX, Tesla, getting us to Mars, whatever. And all the other billionaires, as far as, like I said, I don't know what's trustworthy, what's not in the news, but it seems like the other ones are concerned. How can I lobby DC to just, you know, keep getting rich as hell rather than how can I provide value to other people that will make them want to do business with me? And when you let capitalism work, it's a beautiful thing. And when you don't, we get a ton of plastic. We get all this malinvestment. As you guys know, we get seed oils and all our food because you're incentivizing the wrong thing. You're not incentivizing people to go out and provide value. You're incentivizing people to uh, be corrupt. You know, as, not you know like as a producer, it's you, you're incentivized. We got to get things cheaper. We got to get things cheaper. We got to get things cheaper. Um, it heightens your time preference. You you, uh, you think more about the short term profits today and don't think about uh creating and generating value and serving customers or clients or whoever for a long, long time. And, uh, and that, that ultimately leads us to McDonald's and, uh, uh, you know, 
going out every week, doing these things that are that are for such short term gratification that ultimately lead to long term, you know, not the best outcomes. I have a really good. Uh, how do I say? No, this is just a really good, um, I guess, kind of going to what you guys are saying about wrong incentives. And I, I would, I'd like to say two things. First, when you become ultra mega wealthy in this country, there does become a certain point. Shoot, there's a certain point in time if you just make a couple hundred thousand a year where it becomes more about wealth preservation year over year via taxes, tax incentives than it does about making more. Why would you make more if you can make more money literally just protecting what you've already made? And I think part of that also is people, the incentives are wrong. I mean, like, look at this, eternal light. Now, I heard about this, uh, I, I don't know, like a few weeks ago, actually, from a doctor. And he's like, did you know there's actually a light bulb that's like never went out? And I was like, no, that's interesting. And he's like, yeah, light bulbs don't actually have to go out. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, no, they don't have to go out. It's called product obsolete. And... I know about product obsolete. Obviously, we all have iPhones. Okay, these things go dead, and it is on purpose. Uh, it's just like washing machines, uh, dishwashers have gotten worse over time. They're prettier, but they get worse. And I think it goes to say, like that, like that's that's the the world we live in today. These people who make money, producers have figured out you don't just want to get a customer once; you need to get them again. And they literally are making crappier products over time in a fiat standard. It might be prettier, laserized, this, that, and the other thing. But products today are not as well made as they used to be. And hey, like Griff, here. so Griff, here's a here's a thought for you. So uh, talking about the velocity of money, right? So before before I hit on on the velocity money piece here. So whatever the government spends. That's what that's what we have to pay in taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that the government spends four hundred and fifty billion uh, this year, uh, but they only collect four hundred billion in taxes. Well, where does that deficit come from? Where does the difference come from? They print it, right? That, that's the phenomenon known as inflation, right? The phenomenon. All it is is them them being incentivized to print more money to to pay for their expenses, right? Okay, so so there's piece number one. Uh, but then think about taxes, right? Um, do so. There's there's a couple of different ways that you can collect taxes, and I'm going to just hit on two main ones here uh, for this piece. So we either collect income taxes on what you make, or um, we collect income or we collect taxes via the velocity of money, which is through through trade, right? Through uh, things happening in the market, uh, sales tax, things like that, right? Um, the the government makes significantly more money on the velocity of more uh, of money versus collecting taxes via income taxes. And so this this whole fiat money heightening time preference making people spend their money uh is also incentivizing them in 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 the sense that they they do collect more in taxes just on the velocity of money on sales tax and things like that uh versus just income tax, right? Which allows them to print the money that they want to print so that they don't have to, uh, they don't have to, they don't have to vote for that. We don't have to vote for that inflation. We don't have to, uh, they don't have to make some decision. They don't have to write an executive order. They can do that. There's no checks and balances for, for inflating money and printing money, but also at the same time in, in the round, in a roundabout way, heightening people's time preference, making them spend their dollars today and not save them also allows them to, to, to collect more taxes on the, the velocity of that. 
keeps that's the fiat really system propped up. That's such a good point. I never thought about it this way, but the government and massive corporations are aligned in the sense, like, you know, I, I used to work at a roofing company and, and one, my boss at the time was telling me how he had a brother in the auto industry who would tell him, we design cars to break down after five, six, seven years, whatever. So people have to go and buy a new car in the government and these big corporations who don't do right by their customers, who want to get their customers on a subscription model, buying as much stuff as possible. They're both incentivized to have people buying it. Cause like you were saying, the more the velocity of money, the more taxes they get, the more the system is propped up because new debt goes into the system. There's growth. Um, you know, if you're a Keynesian economist, GDP is so important to you and it leads to shittier quality products. That's hard to see because technology is making our lives a lot better. It's making us more connected. You know, we're across the United States and we can do something like this because of the internet, because of technology. But at the same time, you know, we're so focused on our social media apps. And then, you know, anytime I see people post pictures of the United States in the eighties or whatever, and other time periods, it's like, there wasn't plastic, like soda was in glass bottles and on a plane, you didn't get frisked to go on by the TSA and, you know, you were getting fed meats and quality stuff on the airline and uh, under a fiat. I mean, if you look at the FDA pyramid food chart, that's got to be the biggest psyop they've ran. Like the fact that you need to eat most carbs, which is, you know, since they de-germified the bread, it's just energy. There's no nutrients. There's no minerals in it. And uh, that's the number one thing you're supposed to eat. And it's almost like, oh, so then people go to the healthcare system and then they got to pay a ton of money. Then just all these malincentives that, uh, and it's hard to see because technology makes our lives better in a lot of ways, but in a lot of other ways, our lives are a lot worse and people don't even realize because the mainstream media is like, look over the algorithm on whatever social media uses, like, look over here. Don't worry about this. You know, this, don't worry about these fat cats enriching themselves. And uh, I mean, maybe I'm generalizing, but I think that's such an interesting point that the government and big corporations are almost incentivized to give you shittier products. So you keep spending you pay them taxes and uh, sure enough, GDP grows because we're spending. You yeah, know, you spending. know uh, another interesting piece on that too is, you know, in the Bitcoin network, capital with a capital B, uh, no one individual has to trust any other person in the network, right? If you're a miner, you're incentivized to hold the protocol true because you want to mine for Bitcoin that is going to be valuable. Okay, so there's your incentive for a miner. Um, if you're a uh, if you're a node operator and you're probably operating your node so that you can verify your own transactions, but also verify transactions within the uh, within the network, you're incentivized to uphold the protocol of the Bitcoin network because you want to maintain and store your value. If you're regular guys like us, I, I don't operate a node or anything. I just buy. If, if, if I'm a market actor and I buy and I hold Bitcoin and at some point in the future use that as a medium of exchange, I'm incentivized to uphold the protocol of the Bitcoin network because I want to store my value, right? So in this sense, now I'm going to round this back to what we were talking about. So all of those people are incentivized, not because they trust each other, not because they're working together, but because we agree on a certain set of rules that we, that we all live by, right? Not rulers, but rules. So now think about this, uh, kind of bringing it back to um, large corporations and maybe not even large corporations. I mean, uh, you know, even small businesses have tax incentives that they can take advantage of and you're dumb if you don't. And so an interesting piece is that with what's happening, uh, with fiat money by, you know, from the top down, right from the fed and from the federal government, um, 
a, a large corporation, a company doesn't have to be working directly and talking with them and strategizing. They're incentivized just because of the rules of the game. They're incentivized to play with them together with the Fed, with the Federal Reserve or with with the federal government because they're incentivized to do that. They're incentivized to do that through all of the tax incentives, through the leveraging and, and the arbitrage methods of leveraging and multiplying all of your returns in your business, you know? And so it's interesting they they can work together and not even have to actually work together. You know, that you're making a lot of really good points. The velocity of money point is really interesting because everybody thinks about kind of, nobody really heard, like really talked about that term until they printed a bunch of it because of COVID. (laughs) And like, then everybody was like, nobody's spending money. Where's it all going? And it was going into crypto or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it is interesting to hear like what the incentives are for them to even control that aspect of our lives, right? Because it's just more money for them. More money is more power. I mean, like, no, I don't think in the history of the world, there has ever been a more powerful force than the Federal Reserve. I mean, like, I, I don't know if there has ever been anything because at least there was gold, right? Like at the at least like that was part of the equation. We literally said as a country, we said, yeah, no, we're good. Like, we don't really want to play. Like, we don't want to play. We don't want to play that game. So I don't know. It's really interesting to see where we're going to go from here uh, as like a country. But Connor, it's been a pleasure to have you on, brother. I mean, I always love these conversations. Absolutely. Uh, I'm to say I didn't I didn't really do too much research. I'm just happy to do a podcast today. Me and Nick have been grinding it out. And to have you come on um, somebody that currently let me throw up your page here real quick. Currently, not as Thank many you. followers as you should have because <laughs> you are spreading the good word that is Bitcoin. Um, do you have anything you want to take us out with uh, today? I- I like to your point about the uh, the Federal Reserve being the most powerful organization in the world. Uh, completely agree, especially after World War II when every currency got tied to the dollar, which was obviously tied to gold. Then 71 comes. Nixon says it's the money speculators that are being the bad guys when in reality it was, us, <laughs> you know, exporting inflation, whatever. Um, and then sure enough, since, you know, we've been on this weird experiment for 51 years and it's led to a lot of uh, malinvestment and this and that. Um, yeah, no, it's a pleasure. I could talk Bitcoin for hours with you guys. Uh, I got a podcast myself, the Connor Chepnick podcast. Used to have a podcast called the Ben Mucker podcast, but wanted to get a little more serious, focus more on Bitcoin. So launching that, would love to have you guys on. Um, yeah, let's just keep spreading. That is the, there's a thousand million things that keep me bullish about Bitcoin, but it's people like you guys. It's the other plebs. It's the fact that when most people go down this rabbit hole, you just see the world differently. It's like an awakening. It's like an ego death. And uh, I'm so glad you guys had me on. I could talk about this for hours and we'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Go, go find, uh, go find Connor on Twitter right down here. If you guys are watching, if you're listening, it is at Connor Chepnick uh, on Twitter. And that is C O N O R C H O P E N I K. Go check him out on Twitter. You've got some great stuff on Twitter, man. We'll definitely be following you. And, hey, let's get this deal scheduled. We'd love to come on your show, and, and we'll definitely have you on again in the future. I mean, it's it's kind of fun to, to have a guest on for the first time because it seems like we kind of hit on all these different topics. But, man, like, you know, when we have you come on the next time, we can sit back we can sit back down and listen to this episode and say, man, that was a really good topic. Let's, let's really press into that topic. 
And uh, so, man, we're excited to have you on. Uh, it was a great conversation. And, uh, yeah, man, looking forward to, to seeing you on Twitter. Sounds yeah. great, guys. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Man, Nick, you find good guests no matter what. Um, Trying to get connected, brother. We'll see. It's fun because that, that, that guy – that guy was super. Uh, what is the what is the word I'm looking for? I didn't I didn't try to do it. It just happened naturally. You know, we just we just were kind of talking back and forth on Twitter. Had a couple of things going back and forth. Shot him a DM. We talked on the phone, and um, I was like, "Dude, you got to come on the show." So here we are, man. Yeah, it's fun to have people on, and uh, it's fun to hear his perspective being another plea. Right? He's just a normal guy, so he didn't he didn't get into it much, but um, he does uh, he does software as a service sales. Um, and so he's, he's kind of playing the sales game heavy right now. And, uh, you can tell that the guy can talk, you know, which is, yeah. you know, we've talked about before where being in positions where you got to talk with people, just, it, it naturally makes you better at talking with people the more you do it. Right. And so it's fun to see, um, you know, or to hear his thoughts on Bitcoin, um, what he's seeing in his life, you know, so interesting stuff. Just another smart person to add to the bundle. Um, appreciate you guys listening. This is the first and potentially last produced podcast by Griffin. So, uh, <laughs> we had a good time today. No, good. And uh, I think I accidentally removed him, removed him, but I just end broadcast, correct, Nick? Uh, yeah, you can press that here. Hey, we will see you next time. And thank you for listening. Adios. Peace.